Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. We're going to talk about money. So do you have a lot of money? Our government wants you to send them more. They're spending like crazy, and uh, they're wondering how they're going to pay all the bills. But, but that's, uh, that's never a problem for politicians, especially if they spend too much, they always know they can print some. And it isn't some anymore, it's just print almost everything. So and the big issue this past week has been uh, the, the appropriation bills, the infrastructure bill, it was 1.2 trillion, a little bit. It was just a small little bill there because they're look, waiting for the big one coming next week. It'll be the, the, th the $3.5 uh, trillion dollars that they have to pass. But there was a lot of talk about the infrastructure bill because, uh, you know, they're usually very easy to pass, and it turned out really not that difficult. Uh, it must have been a pretty darn good bill. Nineteen senators joined the Democrats, you know, to get this bill passed. It was 69 to 30. So I would say that uh, there's a lot of bipartisanship there. And uh, and there was they broke it down, the 1.2 down, there was $550 billion was uh, infrastructure. So it wasn't all for infrastructure, but it was argued that it was. Uh, but even the $550 billion, believe me, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff in there that is, is not uh, absolutely important for the infrastructure to keep from falling apart because uh, that won't be enough, believe me. It doesn't work that way. It's amazing how much effort they put into a bill like this, and uh, especially on something like infrastructure. They, they, they pass these bills. Sometimes it takes years and years to get things done. They first get the authorization for the project, and then they get the appropriations for it, and then they lay their plans. Then and the environmentalists come in and uh, lo and behold the cost goes up the cost goes up because of the bureaucracy but the cost goes up because of inflation and, uh, and then all of a sudden even the 550 uh, if they made an attempt to keep within their budget uh, they, ne they never do uh, because there's uh, there's a plan uh, a plan B for this. You know, if they run out of the cash that is technically authorized, uh, they'll find a way. There'll be an emergency, and and they will finally get the money somehow. And uh, of course, we have, should be reassured. There's a limit on the budget debt. Uh, they can't go without uh, the the Congress passing an increase in the budget uh, debt. Uh, and, uh, and yet it's always a political th thing going on because the uh, end party uh, is responsible for doing it, so it becomes a political battle. But even that, that becomes a little bit farcical because uh, they just ignore it. They, they ignore it. And there's a lot, of other, oh, a lot of ways for the Congress to get around any of that. So if you have an, an economic uh, emergency, financial emergency, or if you have a war going on, believe me, they can get the money to wherever they need because they have the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve doesn't get audited, and they can deal with trillions of dollars. So it's, uh, it, there, there's no real control on it. But we go through these budgetary processes. There's a, a political stunt in it, and they, they pretend they're uh, doing you know, nothing but necessary spending, and uh, there's a lot of uh, politicking going on. So, Chris, uh, tell us how we should go ahead and solve this problem. What kind of a message should we send to the American people and send to the U.S. Congress so they buckle up? 
I wish I had good news, Dr. Paul, but I don't. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you, I think a thousand years from now, they will be writing about the recklessness of the U.S. government back, you know, in our yeah. age and even before us. And it's a free for all, you know, whether you're talking about six trillion for wars, wasteful wars, 28 trillion in debt, 200 plus trillion in future promises that are made to people and add, you know, add infrastructure to the pile. Uh, so it's, it's just another huge boondoggle. And, you know, the real problem of this is we have no choice. And I'd like to draw an analogy. Imagine going into a pizza shop and, and you walk in, the guy tells you, hey, we want one slice, that'll be $1,000. Well, you'll be out of that pizza shop before he's finished his sentence. And that's the beauty of free markets and freedom and volunteerism, the ability to say no. But what if you have no choice? What if you walk in there and he says, listen, I'm the guy. I make your pizza. You must pay me $1,000 for it. You have no choice. And isn't that the position we're in? We, we have no choice but to pay for these wars, for this infrastructure, because we have absolutely no say. Our votes don't uh, let us t uh, keep our money and, and prohibit them from taking it from us. So if, with this type of arrangement, this warped arrangement, what types of people do you think will be attracted to this, to, uh, to be able to take from people legally? And you know, and you have, and they have nothing to say about it. You'll have people that want something for nothing. You'll have authoritarians, and that's what we see. We're, we have front row seats to the ugliness of this system, and it's uh, someday it'll go bankrupt. But until then, we'll keep reporting on it. Yeah, and that's the practical matters of it, and how the political system works, and especially when you have fiat money and deficits really don't matter to them. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line for all that uh, is uh, what is accepted by the people uh, for the role of government? What should it be? Unfortunately, I would say that uh, 90 some percent of the American people are probably enthusiastic about the definition of the role of our government because we are a free government and we have to be equitable. And, and that is that uh, the government is re responsible for the welfare, welfareism. No, uh, have a safety net for everybody. You already much much in the military spending. Yes, we have to have preparations for uh, welfare and defending our country. Of course, the defense of our country is usually couched in terms of defending our country, and yet it's really maintaining our empire. So the, they, uh, so the role of government, if we don't address that, there's going to be uh, a, a demand to spend this money. And once, once you get rid of all the restraints, like getting rid of the gold standard, getting rid of really uh, limitation by debt, and, uh, and, and solving the problem and having people get some conservatives in Congress to help them get uh, the budget balanced, it, um, it's, it, and this is the reason why, uh, uh, Chris, your pessimism about, you know, years from now, they'll still, be, they'll still be doing this. As long as you have the politicians, as long as you have a government, our founders made a very sincere attempt to try to change it. And in many ways, they made a change. But even back then, there were predictions that it probably wouldn't last because there will be this temptation to abuse the restraints uh, on government. And uh, there, <clears throat> there should be, uh, uh, you know, re restraints on, on the government. That should be the purpose. But right now, there's no signs that that is likely to happen. And uh, the big thing that does happen 
is uh, finally a country gets into bankruptcy. So we'll, we'll be seeing that uh, in the not too distant future on what will come out of the, the ultimate bankruptcy because we're partially involved in that bankruptcy now. But you know, one thing that has been going on in this little political uh, battle uh, is, um, you know, we, they talk about inflation and everybody should be. People are starting to wake up that their, their costs are going up significantly. And, uh, and that was the policy of the Federal Reserve. For years and years, they were begging and pleading that their policy would make the inflation, that is the destruction of the money, 2% every year, which was a farce. It was already doing that and is doing a lot more. But they, they had a policy of, in, instead of preserving the purchasing power of the dollar uh, and having it you know, uh, equivalent to gold in some way to restrain government and the spending, they were saying, no, we have to have the inflation because it's good for the economy. But uh, you know, because there's a recognition that prices are going up more rapidly than uh, uh, in not too distant past, it becomes a political thing because the Republicans right now, uh, since this past year, uh, it, it's not even a whole year that Biden's been there, but prices have perked up and for, for the reason that they're printing too much money, and they have been. So it's not exactly accurate to say, oh, you know, partisan-wise, it's Biden's fault. He created all the inflation. Yes, he and his buddies are big contributive factors, but literally they haven't done this. This has been going on. Uh, the prices that go up now are probably reflecting the creation of new money, maybe over uh, ever since QE started, maybe for the past 10 years, because that works its way uh, into the system. And uh, so, so Republicans and Democrats, Republican presidents and Democrat presidents and Congresses, they, they, because they accept this notion of the role of government should be to take care of the welfare and warfare uh, problems, and that is deficits don't matter, and it's all part of Keynesianism. So, uh, but it's not a legitimate argument to say that Biden is the charge of inflation, but he is not going to help us either. Uh, the, the big debate of would he spend more or less than the Republicans, and that's up for debate because uh, the Republicans speak a pretty good game, but they're really not very good at being fiscal uh, uh, conservatives. And that's why... Uh, we, we should be cautious in how we describe what's, what's going on and how important these budgets are. They are, uh, but we have to be realistic in understanding what's going on and what are the odds of getting a few more members of Congress uh, that might be leaning toward conservative and cutting spending. Uh, is that going to be something that we can expect to happen or is that not going to happen and we better make some other plans and we cannot do this without dealing with the subject of what is the proper role for government in a free society absolutely dr paul and, you know since we're talking about um, infrastructure the first thing people should think about in our day when they hear infrastructure is boondoggles and our friend david stockman has written extensively on it in detail on, on the boondoggles of infrastructure but i even have anecdotal evidence you know, there's a major highway not too far from me, and it has been under construction, I would say, for decades. And um, my parents, who were recently visiting, I, we were on that highway, and I told my dad, I said, you know, Dad, they've been working on this for, I, it seems like decades. And he said, they've been working on this since he was a kid. So it's my entire life 
this highway has been under construction and what a gravy train I'm sure it has been uh, for people. And, you know, if I was to tell our audience, you know, we're going to spend trillions of dollars on infrastructure. And I'll tell you, you're not even going to recognize this country once we're done. You know what you can do with trillions of dollars? You won't even you'll be amazed at how the infrastructure will be totally brand new and beautiful. Now, would you believe me? I hope not, because you shouldn't believe me if I said that, because that's not how it works. You know, government is the best customer for corporations. Um, we, and that's why there's so many corporations that are tied to government. You know, it's taxpayer money that you're after, not customer money, not customer service. You're working that politician, that taxpayer. And at the same time, that politician is working you. He's looking to hand out other people's money in order to win the next election. So when you think of infrastructure, think big time boondoggles. Very good. The, um, the thing that we have to be concerned about is uh, can we reverse it or stall it or slow it up or not? And uh, that's where I'm very much in doubt that that will happen. You know, I've often said that uh, all spending is a tax because if they spend it, the spending is a big deal and the deficit is a big deal and they may be high, able to hide it and skirt around it and all these things. But when the money is spent, it is a tax. It'll either be paid by a direct tax and have an income tax, which isn't enough uh, under today's circumstances, but a little bit of it will be paid that way. The others will be paid by borrowing money, borrowing for the, you, you know, uh, from, from the government and the future generations, and there's a lot of that. So that is a tax because it will be paid by the people. Uh, not, maybe not tomorrow, but the next day it has to be paid for. But then there's uh, the other way that uh, the debt is paid for, and that's through the Federal Reserve. Uh, if, if there's a lot of debt out there and there's treasury bills issued, which is $120 billion every month, and they're going to increase it some because it's way out of control, but there are no restraints on the Federal Reserve, you know, to print. So that is, that is in a way, a, a tax, and uh, it comes to the people through an inflation tax, and that is what's going on right now. People are getting upset with the prices going up, and uh, they, they shouldn't say, well, the prices are going up, I need more money in my, bail, in my, uh, in my unemployment check. No, there's not a shortage of money. There's too much money doing the wrong thing, but the people and business people notoriously uh, through all the booms and busts and the recessions, they always say we're short money, we're short money. And uh, of course that is the problem because the money's losing value <clears throat> and prices are going up. And, and that will not uh, you know, solve the problem. And this month's uh, statistic, the CPI and the PPI, it's, it's, it's far surpassed the 2%. It's uh, probably going up uh, closer to 12% according to some of the libertarian economists. It's very, very high. And so the people that might give us a better assessment of that are the people who still buy their groceries at the store or just common things. And then they have, what people have to watch for is this core inflation rate. You know, the other day they reported the CPI, but they reported, you know, just the core, the core rate. 
and they don't report food and energy. And they exclude that, and so it doesn't look quite so bad. But you can't fool the housewife that has to go and do shopping. You can't fool the people when they run out of money at the middle of the month instead of the end of the month because of high prices. And whether it's gasoline or whatever, just by fudging the figures and not including it in one of these statistics doesn't really help anybody. It just, in, it, it just encourages people to be more distrustful of what the government tells us, which is pretty easy to do uh, these days especially in the in the age of uh, COVID. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that uh, people too, di too di uh, they, they, they do this, they distrust uh, you know, the government and the reporting. But uh, ultimately, uh, people can't be fooled into believing that big spending, deficits, and finanigans, and bipartisanship is going to solve the problem. And uh, I just am astounded at that, that vote. Uh, you know, 69 to 30, and, and it's supposed to be 50-50, Republican and Democrat. So they had to have 19 senators going over. Say, oh, that, is, that is different. That's infrastructure. Yeah, we know. Uh, probably a very small percentage of that will go to infrastructure. And then by the time, like I mentioned, by the time they get around to building and inflation and delays and bureaucracy is going to make some of those projects go much, much higher. So uh, it's, it's a game they play, but ultimately the game ends. The game ends and it quits working when the dollar quits functioning in a practical manner. And yes, we can live with 5, 10, 15 percent price inflation and the people will get angry and aggravated. But eventually the whole system quits working because people, uh, no matter what the government tells us, that uh, rampant price inflation, when it's 5%, it can go to 10, and when it's 10, it can go to 20. And then if, you bet, if, you, if a country doesn't solve its problem and put in some restraints, then we end up with uh, runaway inflation, which obviously would be very, very dangerous. Right, Dr. Paul, let's hope that's avoidable. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm going to finish up though. Um, by saying, you know, the infrastructure, infrastructure narrative fits all the other narratives, the craziness that surround us. You know, everything besides infrastructure is infrastructure. A hug is infrastructure. Unicorns are infrastructure. Oh, really? Well, how much are these hugs and unicorns going to cost? Basically, they're saying, we're going to take your money, and it doesn't matter what excuse we give you. And it's, it fits uh, with the vaccine propaganda we had yesterday on the show. We pointed out Lindsey Graham, who, uh, you know, he took the vaccine, he got COVID, and he says you should still take the vaccine. <laughs> and I saw probably the most extreme thing headline today that uh, sadly a person who took the vaccine passed away from COVID. And the headline was, well, he, he would have been, it's still good that he got the vaccine. I mean, the person passed away. It's not good. Uh, so it's insanity. And this incompetence, this uh, stupidity, uh, you know, is it on is it on purpose? Who knows? But you know, what is on purpose is the authoritarian mentality is they want no limits. They want no legalities, no constitutions. What they say is the truth. And that's it. An actual truth is a nuisance. And if you try to bring it up and bring up facts, you're just, you know, they'll, they'll call you some name. They want to say something. We saw this with COVID. They say something today. It's the truth. They say the next, the opposite the next day. It's the truth. And that's the authoritarian mindset. They are the truth. 
And, uh, you know, we preach the exact opposite and hope to bring the actual truth because that will get us out of this mess eventually. Sticking with the real truth uh, will uh, turn this whole thing around. I think you're right on that one, and that's what we work at constantly. I, I want to close uh, today with uh, uh, talking about a definition, and the definition is that of bipartisanship, the necessity for bipartisanship. And I think bipartisanship is, uh, you know, not a good idea if the if the bipartisanship gets together to always increase spending. So it doesn't it doesn't make any any sense. And a lot of people like, uh, you know, in politics you should have moderation. If you have a, a progressive that believes in a certain subject, which uh, they believe and hold dearly, and then you have uh, a conservative have something on the conservative side, but they're nice and decent people and they talk and they get together and they say, well, okay, uh, we'll give up this and give up this and we'll come together. I think it's, it's not the way to do it. You, you don't get anywhere if the good people who have strong beliefs give up what they believe in. Besides, you can, uh, I, I think it's an advantage to find good progressives because they can agree with libertarian ideas uh, the same way with conservatives. They can agree with libertarian ideas. And I think this brings people together with, with increasing uh, a, a person's liberty at the same time restraining government. But uh, this bipartisanship, that vote that I keep talking about here, it just, it just doesn't make any sense that we think that's going to help us get out of this trouble by people selling out what they what they believe in these the 19 uh, senators that uh, does that does that mean that uh, they're they're not fiscal conservatives and what what is the what is their reasoning for this you know i think it everybody anybody listening to the program gets motivated they ought to look it up and find out if they're their senator which way their senator voted especially if they claim they're a conservative uh, so that that is a real problem uh, but it doesn't change ultimately it's back to this whole idea of what the role of government ought to be and uh and, and it's a, a lot of discussion has gone on throughout history what the government should be and what they can do and we've certainly had a lot of that discussion in our early history but it's changed a whole lot because right now the role of our government is to take care of people from cradle to grave police the world empire and make people perfectly safe take care of every ill and and take care of every little problem they have to make sure they're safe even if you have to sacrifice liberty that's a bad course to be on and that's how we sold out on the principle of sound money which if you have sound money you restrict all this because the fed can't print you know uh, a sound currency like gold or silver and if you're restrained then all of a sudden you don't can't run up these deficits you have to work and save money and get together and, and invest but this whole thing because on the short run it looks great a lot of people are making a lot of money the problem is the money they're making is maldistributed some are getting a lot more than others others are getting all the inflation and the problem so it's a bad system even though you can point out there's a lot of people who are making a lot of money but uh, to run a a, uh, a country or or our plan in a, in a country with uh, with talk but no action. 
I think if you want limited government, and uh, it's difficult to do it, but you know, the founders gave us a guide and it's in the Constitution, it's far from perfect, but at least could get us going in the right direction. But the people have to endorse the notion that limited government is good and that we cannot depend on the government for our safety and security, and we should not be interfering with the people around the world and forcing our ways on others because that's a big uh, thing that participates in our bankruptcy. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.